What's up, y'all? Welcome back into the Lacrosse Bucket Podcast. We are now officially, officially in the offseason, as this is the first podcast um, of the offseason. Last one, uh, you know, recapped championship weekend. Again, congrats to Lars Tiffany and the Virginia Cavaliers. And, you know, just, you know, not even a month removed, um, just about two weeks removed from that championship weekend uh, performance. And we have a lot of news in the college game. And, you know, I, I debated, you know, coming into this show, do I talk about it on the front end or the back end? And you know what? It's the biggest story in lacrosse since last, what was that, last April, uh, March, April, when Petromala was let go at Johns Hopkins, it parted ways, however you want to put it. Um, biggest news since then, we got to talk about it right off the bat on this show, the first episode of the offseason, and I'll get to at the end kind of what the schedule is going to look like off-season wise for the podcast um you know not going to do the you know 3 days a week as I did um during the season and you know in the fall and you know preseason um I think we're going to go just to one day a week um if there is some kind of breaking news and things like that obviously we will um get uh you know multiple podcasts a week if needed um, I know some of y'all want to talk PLL. We'll talk about PLL, not specifically on this episode today, but we'll talk about the PLL um, as the summer progresses, as the season progresses. Uh, very, very good uh, opening weekend. Um, unfortunately, some uh, news and you know it's been picked up by some major outlets, Fox and the likes. Um, not what lacrosse wants to be in the news for, but, you know, lacrosse, gonna lacrosse. But overall, good first weekend of PLL action uh, besides, you know, the one, you know, story just mentioned. And if you know what I'm talking about, if you've seen the video, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, but that's neither here nor there. Let's get straight into Gary Gate taking over the Syracuse men's program. That is right. John Desco has retired. He's been there for 46 years overall on staff. Been, you know, the head coach there. I want to say, pull this up real quick. Um, He's been the head coach there since 1999, I believe. Um, So... You know, been a, a, a very successful run um, for Desco. Yeah, 1999 was when he took over. He's been on staff since 1980. 1980, and obviously was a player there uh, before that, graduated in uh, 1979 from Syracuse. So, you know, John Desco has dedicated his life to Syracuse lacrosse um, in a sense. And it certainly is going to be weird not seeing him on the sidelines there. One of the most successful coaches um, 
in the history of the game, you know, 265 wins, 92 losses overall um, on that resume, five national championships. I mean, this is uh, a very, very, you know, illustrious career, a Hall of Famer, uh, no doubt about it. So uh, it's definitely going to be weird seeing John Desco not on the sidelines there and obviously wish him the best in his retirement. Um, But obviously the Syracuse men's program has to move on without him, you know, continue working to get back to that elite level where they were. Um, I I would say at the height of Desco's, um, you know, lane there was the, you know, early 2000s, early 2010s, if you, uh, as well, up to 2013, uh, which was the last championship weekend that Syracuse has made. Uh, since then, they have not made one. Um, since then, uh, they've been, was it 2020? We didn't have a seat, uh, t- tournament. 2019, first round exit. 2018, first round exit. 2021, first round exit, getting the doors blown off um, by Georgetown. And obviously, a lot of stuff off the field has surrounded this team this season. Unfortunate situation there. Um, and, you know, we can debate, we can discuss of, you know, whether that, you know, helped push Desco's retirement, you know, over the finish line, if you will. Um, you know, certainly, you know, Probably did play a part in it. How big of a part, I don't know. Um, you know, but that's certainly something to think there. Uh, but moving from the Desco era now to the Gary Gate era, um, you know, th- this is something that Syracuse fans and really more so in the kind of message board culture, social media, people have been talking about for years. Gary Gate is going to take over as the men's head coach. Obviously, was a very successful player there. You know, the GOAT, um, as many refer to him as, you know, one of the greatest world-class players of all time, without a doubt. I mean, come on, the Air Gate, he he literally has a player named after him. I don't know, like, like I'll have to, like, if y'all have any other players with actual plays named after them, um, or moves named after them. I don't know of any other player um, than Gary Gate. I know there's um, Jack Biondo is a Canadian player. I know there's a play, uh, um, a shot that some people call the Biondo, but it's not necessarily as universal within lacrosse as the Airgate. And, you know, you know we have Mr. Airgate, you know, going to be, Back with the men's program, leading the men team, leading the men's program after um, a very successful career as the women's head coach. There has been there since uh, 2007. They've been to eight uh, championship weekend appearances. They were the runner-up here in 2021, um, which you know. Early, uh, yeah, early last week, you know, I had heard, you know, from some people 
Andy Shea has toned the job down. It's not going to be John Galloway. It looks like it's going to be Gary Gate. And after having a runner-up national title season with the women's team, you know, I kind of took that news or that intel with a grain of salt at the, at first because, um, you know, you're coming off a, a you know one of the best seasons in Syracuse uh, women's history. You have a number of girls coming back um, on that team, some really good players coming back um, for a fifth year. So, uh, not to say I was I was shocked to know that Gary Gate was taking over because. It always been something discussed, you know, how many people took it, took it, you know, as something factual that could happen. I don't think many did. I myself didn't until this year. Um, and, you know, I remember talking to people in April and all signs were, yeah, the, you know, may, maybe Andy Shea, maybe John Galloway, maybe somebody else. Um. And, you know, Gary Gate was kind of the last name mentioned of, like, you know, possibility. You know, it could happen. Um, you know, you want to keep it in the family? There's no better person to hand the keys over to than Gary Gate. Um, and obviously, I mentioned it again, a very success, successful run as a player. Obviously, three national titles uh, there, uh, 1988, 1989, and 1990. Yes, I'm counting the 1990 title. Everybody does. And then obviously, as a coach, you know, he's coached on the men's side in the box game. Um, you know, never been a head coach on the men uh, in the men's field game has never been a head coach there, uh, but was a head coach of, I believe it was the Colorado Mammoth for a couple of years um, in the NLL. You know, so, you know, just just because he's been on the women's side does not mean he can't come over and uh, take over the men's game. Obviously, that's the game that he played. Um, and, you know, for, you know, just right off the bat when I heard this news that it was official, kind of, you know, thinking of like, okay, how is this going to go? I think this is a perfect fit to be honest. And I don't think anyone can argue with that. This is obviously an amazing hire. Um, you know, from what I've heard, the, you know, no recruits are you know, going to decommit because they hired this guy. Like, you do see that sometimes. But, you know, everybody wants to play with Gary Gate. If anything, it improves Syracuse recruiting, which, you know, they have the number two class in the country put inside lacrosse in 2022. Um, got a pretty good class in 2021 as well, uh, coming in this fall. So, you know, if anything, and if that's possible to do at a place like Syracuse, this is going to improve the interest of guys that want to play for that program. Um, now to the talk of... I know I've received many questions about this. The talk of the staff. What's Gary Gates' staff going to look like? We know Pat March is staying on as OC. It's been confirmed. I can't confirm that. It's been 
known by Syracuse that that is the course of action. Defensive coordinator. We've all heard the rumors. Dave Petromaro is coming to Syracuse. And if you're a Syracuse fan, and I'm not saying that's happening, I'm not saying it's not. I, I honestly have no idea what's going to happen there with that defensive coordinator spot. All I know is that is a coveted job, and there's a you know, wide range of candidates that could fill that position and be successful, including Dave Petromaro. Now, the thing with Petro is, you know, his two sons are in the 2022 class, and they're both committed to Carolina right now. So, and, and both are very good players, by the way. Dom is the number two guy in the country um, in inside lacrosse's rankings. Nicholas, very good defenseman, uh, had some injuries, but... Had a good season this year. Fully healthy. Are they going to come to Syracuse as well? I don't know. I would assume so. And, you know, that's something of, you know, do you want to play for your dad? Do you not? Some, some people don't want to. Some people do. You know, we, we've seen both. We've seen instances of that, uh, both sides of that. So, if Petro does come, possibly brings his two very good uh, lacrosse-playing twins in the 2022 class. So, um, that's definitely going to be an interesting dynamic of what happens with that defensive coordinator spot. Um, Syracuse, as far as... You know, future under Gary Gate, I, I think they're going to be very successful. I, I mean, I, I will, you don't have to, you know, this is a very good team already. Um, they get a number of these guys back. Owen Hiltz, obviously being, you know, the big name, uh, big name freshman there. And, uh, you, you know, had a stellar freshman season. So, you know, to, for him and, and guys like him to play under Gary Gate, a Canadian at that, um, you know, playing under Gary Gate, you know, I, I, I think the, the the opportunities are endless. And if you watched the press conference with Gate, uh, which took place today, um, you can go find that on YouTube. Syracuse has put that on their YouTube. Um, you know, press conferences, introductory press conferences, you know, you, you're there, promote your brand. What are you going to do? Your vision for the program. And he said, look, let's get 20K back in this dome. Let's get 20K back in this dome. Let's get back to championship weekend. So let's play a fun style of ball. Said all the right things. So I think the immediate future of Syracuse under gate, you know, is going to be a successful one. Um, Will it take some time maybe to build? You know, especially after um, all that 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 team went through this year, you know, he's going to have to deal with some of that. Um, And and really, I don't want to say healing these guys, but getting these guys, and they were pretty unified all year, as you can see, but, you know, getting these guys, getting their heads back right, 
wheel here to win ball games. You have that S on your helmet. The winning tradition you know, must be restored. You know, I think Gary Gate, I've said it once, I'll say it again, is the right guy um, for the job here. Now, within this Gary Gate hiring is kind of a broader picture. And, you know, I was in the car when I heard the, the got no word, this is official, this is happening. My first thought was, you know, first thought, obviously, oh my gosh, Gary Gate, Syracuse men's, that's amazing. Secondly, was, man, like, you no, know, Desco, it's really happening, Desco's gone. Man, we just had Petro leave in 2020. We had Dom Stalger leave Virginia in 2016. And who's next? Who's next? Much like we've seen in college basketball, Coach K, Roy Williams, stepping down, retiring, you know, um, getting fresh blood in these historic programs. That's now happening in college lacrosse. Um, a lot of these guys have been there for a long time. And I know I've talked to a lot of people over the past couple of days, and all of them says, like, the next one to go is Bill Tooney. It's Bill Tooney. Um, can't say I disagree with you. Um, I think he's the oldest coach in college lacrosse um, at the moment. Um, so, makes sense. Um, I've also... You know, had people say, you know, I, I think D- uh, Donowski is going to leave first, and then two. I don't I, look. I don't know anything, man. But certainly, those are the two guys that, when you look at the coaches right now, uh, forgot another one to say. Bob Schoenhall, Bob Schoenhall at Delaware. I mean, he was amazing then, um, and he left in twenty. 17, I believe it was, when he left, or 2018. One of those one of those two years. So we've had a lot of, and he was there forever at Delaware. Took them to a championship weekend performance there in, uh, was that 2006, I believe it was, or 2000, 2007, because they beat Virginia in that first round. Um, so we've had a lot of coaches, long-tenured coaches, Stepping down, retiring, you know, parting ways with their universities. We've seen it in um, the college game as well. Uh, uh, Caravana, you know, stepping down. Uh, I know I mispronounced that name. I can never get it right. <laughs> Apologies. Stepping down at Denison. We've got opening at Gettysburg. Um, you know, multiple coaches stepping down um, in. D3 as well, long-tenured coaches, um, if I will. So, you know, if anything, you know, big picture-wise, I, I think the, the gate to Syracuse news is very much in line with what we've, we've seen in college lacrosse over the past few seasons, um, you know, past half decade. And really, I think what we're going to continue to see, it's that time. There's a changing of the guard. And, you know, it, it's happening right before our eyes here in our beloved uh, game. Moving off the coaching news for a little bit, we have some other coaching uh, assistant hires and things of that nature that I'll get to later on in the show. But 
want to go to the transfer portal, transfer market here, um, grad transfer market, I should say, um, at the moment. Uh, had a very interesting, you know, one of the best grad transfers on the market, uh, you know, make his decision today as uh, Mitch Bartolo of Penn midfielder will uh, be taking his talents to Rutgers for his fifth and final season of college lacrosse. You know, if you remember, Bartolo had an outstanding 2019 season. Um, had 17 goals, 7 assists, which included a, a hat trick and 1 assist in that uh, overtime loss in the NCAA quarterfinals against Yale. I still say that's the best game, you know, one of the best games I've seen in the past couple seasons um, in college across that quarterfinal game. Penn, Yale, part three, absolutely amazing series overall by those two teams that season. And Bartolo sh- sh- certainly showed up in the tournament that year. Um, you know, didn't have the best 2020. They only got three games in, but uh, before things were shut down. But he only had two goals and one assist there. And then obviously the Ivy League did not play in 2021. However, if you remember, Penn did get a game in against uh, 2019 D3 champion Cabrini, where Bartolo had an assist, a cause turnover, and scooped up a ground ball uh, in their blowout 23-9 victory. And that was the only game of the season. Um, Bartolo, second grad transfer for uh, Brian Brecht and company on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, they also uh, pick up uh, Wesleyan Division III uh, attackman Ronan Jacoby, has uh, been an outstanding player for uh, Coach Raber and Wesleyan. Um, obviously, the 2018 uh, national champions there. Uh, has been an outstanding player for them. Um, you know, led them. They had a five-game 2021 season. Had 27 points off 22 goals and five assists. So um, adding Bartolo to that list there of grad transfers um, is going to bolster that Rutgers offense even more. Um, and look, they do lose uh, 57%, 165 points of their production um, uh, as far as point wa- points go. Uh, the Scarlet Knights had 289 overall points this past season. 165 of those came from Adam Charlambides, Connor Coast, and Kieran Mullins. All three are gone. Um, no, produced 57% of that offensive output for uh, the Scarlet Knights in 2021. Um, as they you know, took them to their first NCAA tournament appearance since uh, 1990. Uh, 1990 or 93? One, one of those. Since the 90s, we'll say that. Um, don't have the actual thing up here in front of me. Probably should, but oh well. I'd rather go off thought. Uh, than script here. So, 
very successful season for the Rutgers. They lose a lot of talent on that offensive end, but they do get a lot of guys back. Uh, Nob Block and company there, some younger guys um, that really shined in 2021. Add some fifth years in Bartolo, and then Jacoby, uh, who his transfer was announced, I think, before Wesleyan even played a game this season. That was when he announced that. So uh, that one's been known for quite some time. But, uh, you know, really a good pickup there in Bartolo for, uh, for uh, Rutgers and for Brian Brecht's squad there. Uh, we've also recently had a couple other grad transfers that I think are pretty notable. Uh, Brian McIntosh, defenseman from Mount St. Mary's. Uh, he will be taking his talents to Hofstra for uh final season of college lacrosse. Two-time All-NEC selection. Started all 51 games of his college career with the Mountaineers. Uh, led the team and caused turnovers with 31 and ranked second in ground balls with 48 this past season. Really good defenseman there. Um, you know, Hofstra, though defense wasn't necessarily the best this past season, uh, you know, McIntosh is certainly a guy that you can put in that system, uh, can add some not only some depth but just talent on that end, uh, should be, uh, you know, compete, at least competing for a starting spot, uh, but, you know, possible starter there. Uh, right out of the gates, as well as Bartolo at uh, Rutgers, obviously. Jacksonville uh, has also added a transfer in uh, D3 Tufts attackman Max Waldbaum. He's joining the Dolphins in 2022 as a grad transfer, a native of, of Denver. Uh, he was the Jumbo's second leading scorer in 2019 with 80 points. 68 goals, 12 assists, while helping to lead uh, the Jumbos to an NCAA quarterfinal appearance. He was the third leading point getter this past season with 31 goals and 15 assists. Uh, you know, really good pickup there for Jacksonville. Um, you know, they do lose some guys uh, on that offensive end. Most notably, I think probably Matt, Matt Stagnita. Uh, who was a grad transfer uh, from Johns Hopkins, son of uh, Jim Stagnita. And you know, he was out- outstanding as a grad transfer So um, for Jacksonville. Uh, and, and he you know, hadn't really played a ton uh, with uh, Johns Hopkins his previous stop. So um, you know, he came into Jacksonville and just ate SoCon up. Um, Jack Dolan uh, will be back for his senior year, uh, was the leading point getter there for the Dolphins in 2021. Um, and Jeremy Winston, who I've been a big fan of, I know his entire career, really, really good midfielder there for uh, the Dolphins. So uh, as well as Jacob uh, Greener, attackman, uh, freshman there, who really made a name for himself as a freshman. So getting walled, uh, Waldbaum in there, good pickup there for the Dolphins, uh, adding to transfer you. Now, I said we'd get back to some coaching news. 
and we're circling back around to that. So first, I got to talk about. Well, I'll, I'll I'll mention these two right off the bat, and then we'll get into the uh, the one that we've got to go a bit more in depth in. So first off, uh, Chris Cooper has left as offensive coordinator at Colgate. So um, there's an opening there at Colgate, among other places. Um, should be some assistant coaching announcements in the next couple of days, but um, Colgate has an opening. Uh, the only official announcement that we've seen of, of a hiring is Trey Wilkes being promoted to assistant coach on Wednesday at Delaware. Um, he's been a volunteer assistant there um, since the fall of 2017, so the 2018 season. Um, so he is now a full-time head, uh, not head coach, excuse me, full-time assistant coach there with the Blue Hens. Uh, has been there since 2018, uh, 30, 18 record on staff there as a volunteer. Uh, so should be a uh, you know, good addition to the staff. Well, not addition, just um, promotion. And as I mentioned, we do have some other jobs that are open. Uh, haven't really been announced as open yet, but uh, should be opening here. Uh, you'll probably hear more about it in the coming days. Um and, you know, number one is at a national title appearance team. Yes, that is right. Uh, there is an opening at Maryland, actually. Um, the On the NCAA job market, the job was posted today, assistant men's lacrosse coach for the University of Maryland. I think we all know what that means. And there's been some chatter of this um, over the past couple of weeks, really since he was hired back in January. Uh, Bobby Benson appears, was in fact a one-year contract for Maryland, appears he will not be coming back as they are actively searching for an assistant coach. Now, nothing has been announced officially by Maryland yet or by Benson that he's not coming back. So I do want to put that out there. But, you know, we have heard behind the scenes uh, past couple of weeks, I should say past week or so, that it's a no-go um, for him returning. And we've kind of heard all season the question was, First off, you know, what's this offense going to look like? It was amazing. Secondly, um, is this a long-term or a short-term move? And it appears it was just a Band-Aid. And I got to tell you, man, John Tillman, you know, claps up to him, man. It, you're looking for a Band-Aid solution in January? Hey, man, you, you know. You know, fate had to play out that way with him getting released at Hopkins and all that. But, man, you 
that is the best fucking band-aid any program can get on the offensive end. You got one of the best offensive minds in the country, in college or class, as an assistant coach for one year, you went to the national title game. You didn't win it, but but you appeared there. You went there. National title appearance. Best Band-Aid, you know, I I can ever remember, not only in lacrosse, but in sports. Uh, Best one-year deal ever, (laughs) I would say. So, keep your eyes peeled on College Park. Also, I mentioned Colgate has an opening, as well as some other uh, schools also. Um, I'm not going to name them by name on here, but... Um, you can probably figure it out if you do some digging on your own. It's normally the schools that have openings. I'll just FYI. And I think we all know what I mean by that because there are some schools that literally, not every year, but seem to be having openings more so than not every couple of years. Last thing to get to here before we head out, I do want to talk about Yale. And I don't know if y'all have seen this, but oh my gosh, Josiah, man, God bless you. God God bless Josiah, man. Um, Yale has released the new Josiah lacrosse Fieldhouse, I believe is, is what it's being called. Oh my, if y'all have not seen the video, y'all gotta go check out the video. They put it on, it's on Instagram, it's on Twitter, it's probably on Facebook, you probably find it anywhere. Just look up Yale Joe Sai, T-S-A-I, Lacrosse Fieldhouse. Just Google that and you'll you'll find it. This thing is freaking amazing. I've said before, I believe that the Ivy League is going down in terms of overall competitiveness. I don't think we're ever going to get 2020 again where you have that many teams that are that good. That's just not going to happen the way the game is growing, the way the game is changing. And the arms race in the Big Ten and the ACC. But Yale, man, they ain't going nowhere. The arms race in the ACC and the Big Ten has reached New Haven, Connecticut. I mean, this place is amazing. Absolutely amazing. Now, it I will agree with some people. It does kind of look weird. You, you got Lee Stadium. You got that, you know, beat-up building across the street, which, uh, you know, I've never been to Lee Stadium, which certainly is a, on my bucket list of places to go. But you got that, like, old, like, it looks like a, you know, that brick building with the ivy going on it and the cracked-out windows. Very, like, picturesque, I, I have to say, on on the broadcast. Very, like, Ivy League-ish, if you know what I mean. And then you got this brand spanking new, modernized, lacrosse-only facility. I said it again. Uh, said it once, I'll say it again, and I'll say it again every day. God bless Josiah. This man does more for the game of lacrosse than any other millionaire 
Is he a millionaire or a billionaire? I'll say millionaire. Any other millionaire in the game who has connections to the game, he does more than anyone. Doesn't play around. Doesn't pull this bu- this uh, you know bureaucratic crap. The man puts his money where his mouth is. He cares about the game. And Yale has the greatest lacrosse facility I've ever seen in the Ivy League. Now I have not been I've not been to Michigan. I've heard Michigan is the best. So I can't compare Michigan to Yale because I've not been to either. Um, so I can't compare that. But from what I've seen from Yale and Michigan, Ohio State's building a new facility as well, a new stadium. So I'll be interested to see how that turns out. Um, from what I've seen from both of those places, and Hopkins, the Quarter Center, is pretty dang good. Um, they're a little more landlocked, I guess you could say, there, uh, where they are. Um, those facilities are great. Fantastic. So, uh, you know, some people have been asking me, is it better than Michigan? Well, I haven't been to Michigan, and I've only seen the vid- I've only seen the videos and the pictures. I've not been there. So I can't speak for that, but... This new facility at Yale is next level. I mean, they've got their own weight room. They got their own uh, film room. They got their own training room. It's got like a X-ray place or what? No, like I don't want to call it a hospital, but like they've got all the amenities. You know what I mean? It it, it it's amazing. It, it's amazing. It literally looks like like when I when I was watching that video. I thought it was a college football facility, like no joke. And I, I, I've been in some college football facilities, and that was nicer. You no, know, it's new, so obviously it's clean and all that. But that was nicer than some college football facilities, from what I've seen from the videos. Amazing. Again, God bless Joe Sai. God bless all y'all that listen. Um, to this podcast we will be back next week i think what we're gonna do for summer is do it every thursday um i think is probably the best course of action um in terms of doing a weekly podcast um doing it every thursday i think that's probably the best so we'll be released every thursday night um so most likely friday morning is when most of y'all will be listening to it but um, you know, if there are any changes or whatever to the schedule, obviously we'll let y'all know. Um, I did have a lot of questions that y'all sent in via Instagram. Um, did not get to get to those today. Went a little longer than I would have liked. Um, but I will get to those. I think next podcast, next episode, you know what? I might just do a, do a, a mailbag only podcast. Might do that on Sunday. Might do that. So, um, you know, if I do, it'll pop up in your feed. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcast. You can also leave a five-star review on there. You can find the podcast on Google, Spotify, 
iHeartRadio, and multiple other outlets as well. Social media is at Lacrosse Bucket on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. My personal at Tanner underscore Dimling. LacrosseBucket.com is the website. Have a great uh, rest of the week and weekend. I'll see y'all most likely next Thursday, but maybe on Sunday. And uh, we'll talk a little PLL uh, in any recent college developments the next time that we hit that record button. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the lacrosse.